0: Hello, can we please talk about UFC 282 uh, took place just this past Saturday night Lots of controversy, I'm sure if you're a UFC fan you have seen it If not, there were some terrific fights, go back and watch it But I'm sure you've seen uh, at least the news articles with some of the uh, supposed controversy uh, Surrounding some of the uh, decisions on that event So let's get into it So Elia Taporia, he was on absolutely top form however they kept saying like because he fought bryce mitchell right and bryce mitchell is obviously a jiu-jitsu wizard but i did point out in my breakdown that Ilya tapuria is a jiu-jitsu is brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt in his own right so they kept saying oh my god Uh, it was what was really amazing was that he beat bryce mitchell in bryce mitchell's world okay number one like, Taporia is a black belt in his own right. I know there are levels uh, like of black belts, and Bryce Mitchell is extremely creative and s- extremely good on the ground. However, they're both black belts, right? So it's, it wasn't exactly out of Taporia's world, was it? And also, he beat he pancaked him first. He absolutely panhandled the kid and then submitted him. That's slightly different to being just in a straight-up jiu-jitsu match, isn't it? Like, he beat the snot out of him, and then submitted him. You could, like, someone's, like, on their last legs, absolutely battered, you could submit most pe- most people. And th- and that's the thing. That's the beauty of an, of an MMA fight. That's why just jiu-jitsu is not, it's not necessarily going to get you the win all the time because sometimes even the best jujitsu jitsu guys... But I think Bas Rutten said, look, you know... Uh, hit someone in the face, that, brown, that black belt becomes a brown belt, and hit them again, and you go down a grade each time until eventually they're a white belt, and you can just have your way with them. So, yeah, great work. Like, Elidh P- Tapuria did look absolutely brilliant. Uh, people are saying, yeah, keep uh, Paddy away from him because he, he might have problems. The issue that I have with that, I mean, I'm not saying that he wouldn't be able to uh, be- beat Paddy before. You'll jump on me, but... <laughs> But there is a slight size difference. I don't think Paddy could make 145 anymore. I know that he used to fight at 145 when he was a lot younger in Cage Warriors, but Elia Tapuria, he would be at quite a big size disadvantage if he was to fight Paddy Pimlet. Uh, but, you know, there is a slight grudge there. So there, we've seen Tapuria go up to 155 it could happen. Uh, Biggie boy Jazino you know, looks historic. Look absolutely outstanding. And you know what? What my prediction was off on that. Wouldn't I say often oh, now you make these predictions they go wrong. But what I would say is that he fought completely differently to how he has done before because like, the way he got caught out against Ngannou was that he waited. He, he just t- took too long to get going. No such problems in this one. I, he starched uh, Chris Dorcas in, like, 45 seconds. It was a brilliant... I want to see him do that more because the guy is... So good striking. His striking is really, really excellent. Excellent kickboxing. And if he can just show that kind of urgency each time and really go out there and get those finishes, we could be looking at some of the, um, An impatient charzino losen is a very, very frightening prospect. Then you've got the Santiago Ponzinibbio. I've got to give him a shout-out because I do like Santiago. He's absolutely brilliant. He's one of the uh, the commentators on the uh, Spanish desk. and he, he just looked outstanding. He was getting battered in that fight. He had to go out there and he had to win by stoppage. And boy, did he. Like The way he changed um, Alex, uh, Alexander, he just changed his facial expression. The Morono, he just... Hit him so hard that his face kind of went, and he was just like, and you could tell it like nothing was registering properly. That, it, it was a great shot. Great finish. Uh, Darren Till showed a lot of heart. And honestly, I thought after the first, because Dreykus Du places, put an absolute beat down on Darren Till in that first round. And Dar- to the point where the referee was considering stopping. Him. I'm not saying that he was like out or anything like that, but it wasn't a great aesthetic, was it? But Like Dreykus was just beating him up. just just kept on hitting him and to a certain extent gassed himself out but then he seemed to kind of not take the second round off, but he just seemed to gather himself in the second round. And then that third round, he came out looking much fresher again, so I'm not quite sure what was going on with Drykus there. He's got a bit of a weird style. I feel like Drykus' style shouldn't really work, but it does. You know, he always looks kind of tired, but he says that's because his nose doesn't work. Brill- I don't know if it's a broken nose that he's had in the past or something, fighters off from D, but he said that his nose doesn't work brilliantly, and that's why he breathes through his mouth so much, which is why he looks so tired. But he, he did definitely slow down a lot in that second, but then he seemed to kind of speed back up in the third. Uh, Darren Till, let's be frank here. He's got to learn how to stop those takedowns because Dreykus places. he's not an outstanding wrestler. He's not like a kind of stud college wrestler. He, he does know how to wrestle, obviously. He's a mixed martial artist. And all, they know every facet of the game these days. But that's not one of his standout qualities that you normally see from to places But there was zero resistance for those takedowns. Absolutely zero. I do realise that Darren Chill possibly tore his ACL again in the second round, which is a real shame. Uh, I hope he doesn't have to have another surgery because that's going to sideline him again. But the problem is what do you do with darren Hill now for me it's possible if he can get his weight in check and he can stay a little bit lighter he might be best served going back down to welterweight because to be honest, he looks undersized at middleweight. The only, the only middleweights that he looked kind of on par with was Kelvin Gastelum and Robert Whittaker, both former middleweights. I just feel like Darren Till is struggling to find the physicality to match some of the bigger, more physical middleweights. And we've seen that in the Brunson fight and in the Dreykus De Places fight. They, they were just too big, too physical, too strong. And darren till is going to struggle against those kind of guys so a trip back down to mel welterweight <laughs> uh, welterweight might be on the cards here because he needs to do something differently because i really like darren till i'm a huge fan of his but let's call a spade a spade he has five losses in his last six fights that is not good that's not a good look i mean uh, he's now on three losses in a row. He's he doesn't fight very consistently anymore because he's always injured. I've seen the UFC cut people for much less. Maybe that would be a good thing for Darren. You know, you, we saw how well the PFL worked out for Lofton, who's one of his uh, cornermen, and. I'm not saying that Darren Till could just breathe through that competition, but it wouldn't. The competition with respect would not be as stiff as it is in the UFC. So maybe that would be a good route to take for Darren. You know, he could get him get get paid whilst being in the tournament. Even if he doesn't win it, he's still getting paid to fight. He's still the PFL is only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it'd be interesting. It could be an option. Dreykus Duplacis, put him against Roman Delize, please. Roman Delize uh, beat Jack Hermanson last week uh, with that incredible uh, calf slicer a kind of ground and pound combat. It was brilliant. Uh, Delize is an absolute savage. I think that Dreykus is an absolute savage. I want to see those two savages meeting in the octagon. That's the fight I would like. Please, 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 please make that one happen. Paddy Pimlet, was, he was fun. He brings a great energy, but Man, he was catching those left hooks on the chin square. Uh, but the problem is, though, he didn't really show any effects from it. People were saying, oh, he was wobbled, or like, no, he wasn't. He didn't get wobbled. He, he got kind of like not really wobbled, but he he acknowledged one of those hooks where they, they were on the break and he immediately kind of uh, went out and try and kind of gathered himself for a second. The rest of them didn't do anything to him. Now, this is one of the ones that a lot of people have been throwing their toys out saying that was a terrible judge's decision no no it wasn't right because actually the scoring criteria has changed slightly i understand and appreciate that it used to be just purely on the strike numbers that was the, the that was king strike numbers were king Back in the old days but like but about a year a year two years ago they actually changed the way the fights are scored because damage impact is the main scoring criteria now and i would say that whilst jared gordon may be slightly outstruck on the numbers in that first round i do think that paddy Pimblett's strikes they aesthetically looked like they had more impact that he just seemed to get slightly more of a reaction he did slightly more damage and for that reason, I have no problem with the judges' scorecard. I w- honestly, I wouldn't have hated it if if it had gone the other way, but. I don't know. I I didn't think it was as controversial as everybody is making it out to be. I I thought that Paddy Pimlet just looked... Because you've got to bear in mind, the judges don't have the fight metrics. They don't have the numbers right in front of them. Paddy Pimlet, from an aesthetic standpoint, felt like he just looked like he was doing slightly more damage. And his strikes just looked more dangerous. It looked like there was more jeopardy when he was throwing. And that's why I believe he got the nod. So... Paddy Pimlet, I don't know who you put him against next because uh, those, they're, they're in the ranks, the ranked uh, fighters at lightweight, you've just got scary people. Uh, I think has, the problem is Paddy Pimlet, he he does keep his shit, like he does get tagged a lot, and I don't know. I hope he doesn't, but I think he might get exposed by some of these guys. I think you need to keep him away from the top fifteen just for the minute just so that he gets his feet under him a bit more, because I want to see him go far. I've got a lot of time for Paddy Pillemilt. I really think he he brings a brilliant energy. He's got that factor that makes a fight kind of exciting. And he's never in a boring fight. That fight was a good fight. It wasn't boring. He's not in a boring contest. And there's something to be said for that. But I'm looking at the list of fighters, even in the top 15. Tony Ferguson would probably be his best shout, sitting there at number 15. One last fight for Tony before he calls it a day. Uh, Conor McGregor, I feel like striking Conor McGregor eats Paddy alive right now. I mean, uh, Although I would say that McGregor has shown a weakness for submissions. I think Paddy... Probably wouldn't stand with Connor for too long. I think he, if it it goes to the ground, Paddy probably wins that one. But then you've got killers like Jalen Turner. What do you do about that guy? Brilliant striking, brilliant on the ground, very big, very physical. Armin Sarukin, again, like good on the feet, excellent grappler. Mateus Gamrot, Rafael Sanyos, Rafael Fazib, Michael Chandler, Benil Darius, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Charles. Honestly what a murderer's row lightweight is that's a because t- he paddy said that he's going to be a champion in 2024 but i mean you look at that list i mean he he's got self-belief going for him but fuck me that's a list that's a list to get through and uh yeah you know what i've seen stranger things happen but not many <laughs> so then you had the uh the main event Shout out to Jan Blakovich by the way, for walking out to the Skyrim theme tune. Love that. Because you know, as soon as I heard it, I was like, is that is that Skyrim? That's Skyrim! And you know what? What a perfect aesthetic. You've got the bearded, massive Polish destroyer walking down to like the kind of the epic sounding Skyrim, like it was it was very Norse, very kind of like sounding soundtrack. It was it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. More of that please. I thought it was a good fight. Honestly, I th- I scored it. But as soon as the, the bell went, I thought, right, well, that's a 10-8 round to Magomed and Kalaev. And I gave Magomed round four as well, 10-9. It wasn't as dominant. But the first three rounds, I did give to Jan Blakovic. And so I thought, well, that's a draw then, isn't it? And surprised. And they they called it a draw. So uh, there are some people saying that, that Jan clearly lost. I don't think he did. I don't think he did, he definitely, you you forgot about the first three rounds, the first three rounds still count, the fights are scored round by round and also just controlling your opponent is no longer good enough just to get you the win, control time doesn't mean as much as it used to, you must remember that. And for me, Jan did the most damage by a long way. You know, the the one that looks like he's been in a fight today is probably Magomed Ankolaev. I know Jan probably took a few strikes as well, but he beat Magomed up. He did. He absolutely crippled his legs. I'd be surprised if Jan, if Magomed Ankalaev can walk today. Do you know I mean? His legs were a mess. And I've got to say that Jan Blakovic, he came out looking Classy as fuck. He's a respectful guy, and I absolutely love that. And he came out saying, "Look, I don't think feel like I won that fight. I definitely didn't win it. I don't know if I lost it. I'd have to go back and and watch it." But he was raising his opponent's hand, saying, "You know, you're the man tonight. Well done, and all that." And Magomed Ankalaev couldn't have been more of a spoiled brat of a of a fighter. Uh, the way, I, I don't know if it was that maybe the translator didn't get what he was saying right because the, he just kept saying, oh, it's my belt. Where's my belt? Where's my, I won that fight. It's like, no, you didn't, dude. Look, you sound like you think you dominated every single round. That is not what happened. If you had dominated every single round and then they called that a draw, yes, I understand your frustration. But don't stand there saying, where's my belt? When you got schooled in the first, well, not schooled. The, first, the only round up for debate for me is round number one. But don't stand there and say, oh, where's my belt? I was the winner. Where's my belt? When you arguably, you know, the first round was a toss up. The second two rounds, uh, rounds three, two and three, you got battered. You you didn't win the whole of that fight, dude. You didn't earn that belt. And the way that you behaved afterwards was saying, oh, I don't even know if I'll fight in this organisation again. After this, after this travesty, it's like, dude, number one, the UFC don't get to hire the judges. That is the Nevada State Athletic Commission. You're actually barking up the wrong tree there, fella. And also, it makes you sound like a fucking knobhead. And his cornermen were weird as well. I thought Magomed's corner were absolutely ridiculously bad when they were giving him advice now i don't know is pr- it might be the translator not picking up on everything that they're saying which is probably the case i think sometimes uh, the the translator doesn't catch everything so they just say destroy him just destroy him because if that was their only advice after he was getting lit up with those leg kicks i'm kind of like he needs some technical advice here guys how to stop those leg kicks give him some actual advice he can use rather than just saying destroy him why aren't you destroying him why aren't you winning just go out there and win <laughs> I mean, that's what they sounded like it was weird anyway uh i, I think that um uh, yan he, he really his stock went up because everyone was kind of writing yan off and in those that second and third round he nearly had ankaliya finished and ankoliya had to turn into a wrestler not a very exciting wrestler either he couldn't do much to yan blakovich on the ground other than just control him there and again i would say that that doesn't mean as much as it used to so yeah, I had no problem with it With it being called a draw, honestly. I think that was probably the fairest result uh, based on, on what we saw in that fight. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, obviously, yeah, if you think differently, let me know in the comments. I always love talking about this stuff. So uh, I would just like to say thank you for watching. Uh, if you could possibly please hit like, and if you could hit subscribe as well, if you could also share this video, it'd be massively appreciated. It's the only way that I can get the kind of my content out there. I'm just, You know, it's, it's a slow progress. I enjoy it. I enjoy doing this more than anything. So, uh, yeah, but if I could just get it out to more people, that would be fantastic. But yeah, much appreciated. So. I am going to quickly go through the news that I care about in 60 seconds. Uh, Justin Poye has got a bad staph infection, and Connor wants to go to the hospital and kill him for some reason. That's weird, Connor. That's a weird thing. I know that we expect it from you at this point, but come on, man. Like, the guy's laid up in hospital with a f- foot like a balloon. His foot his foot did look like a balloon as well. But, uh, yeah, come on, man. That's weird. Like, he's just put- tw- tweet- tweeting that he's in hospital with a really bad staff and... Yeah, and then you your response is I'm gonna bury you. It's like fuck off, Connor. Put down, put down the phone when you're drinking, mate. Come on. Uh, the UFC have a new Hasbula Legacy range. Why? Uh, there's still no UFC light heavyweight champion. We saw that at the weekend. They're actually booking. Uh, Glover versus Jamal Hill in Brazil. I think it's fairly soon. That's going to be for the vacant title. So they've completely snubbed Ankolaev. He's going to be pissed about that, isn't he? Um, Paddy remains undefeated in the UFC, but for how long, given that he, his chin did get tested? But it held up. Anyways, that's enough of that. Right, so... Just looking into this a bit more in a bit more detail, the UFC, they, they've decided to move on from Ankolaev versus Jan Blachowicz. That wasn't supposed to be the title fight anyway, to be fair. So... That ended in a draw. This is the right move. To then give Glover his shot and move Jamal Hill into that title frame as well. That's the correct move. It's going to be, number one, that's a great fight. That's a really good fight, actually. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. They don't need to rematch Yan and Ankalaya for the belt. Neither man was the champion. Neither man has a claim to that belt. They just, they just don't. So I know that is going to be pissed about that because he was pretty, you know, upset about the whole thing. But he doesn't have a claim to that belt and he didn't do enough to win it on the night. So I, I, think, I think the only person this really sucks for, the only person that has any kind of... Uh, what's the word? That, could, that has any kind of grievance at all with this is Mr Anthony Smith, who was slated to book Jamal Hill. But Smith... Maybe he can push for a, for a different for a different match. You've got the rematch with Ankaia possibly because obviously that ended with um, Smith breaking his leg and it wasn't the you know, it wasn't a definitive win for Ankaia because it was an injury basically. So and also Jamal Hill, I think he's a tough matchup honestly. He, he's he's one of the guys that really scares me in that division. He's a tough tough prospect. Uh, he he hits differently. I don't know who's gonna win, but. I mean, I think I think that might be a tough fight for Glover. Honestly, really tough. Uh, also, just very quickly, can somebody please take uh, Twitter off of Bilal and Mohammed? He looks like a fucking idiot at the moment. Oh, I've signed the contract, Leon. I'm just waiting on Leon. It's like, look, I've seen enough fighters on podcasts and stuff talking about how this actually works. We know there isn't an actual physical contract that gets posted to your house. That shit doesn't happen. You fight. You sign a contract with the UFC. They give you the available matchups and. And you take one. You say, yep, I'll do that one. But it's not like the WWE fake contract signs. Sign the damn contract. Sign the contract. That that doesn't happen. Right? Stop pretending that it does. Stop tweeting out. Like, obviously, they're never making that matchup. They're they're not putting you in over Kamara Usman, Balal. That's not happening. Stop. Stop. Just stop. Christ almighty. Uh, Right, so troll of the week this one's on Darren Till and I hate to do it but it is funny and it's a fair question as well how does your takedown defense get worse after training with Hamzat Chimaev for the past year or so Christ almighty that is funny but it's also pretty sad it's pretty sad And I'm going to leave you on that sad note. Uh, I'm going to be looking forward to the last uh, event of the year. It's going to be Sean Strickland and Jared Cannonier in the main event. That's actually a really fun main event. I haven't quite made my mind up on who I'm going to be picking for that one yet. But it's very interesting. Both of those guys have got very, very dangerous aspects to their game. And it's going to be a fun one to watch. And uh, I'll be breaking that down in the week. Until then, keep those odds long and those bets terrible.